The following is a Raygun armed, faster than light presentation of GalacticNetcasts.com. All right, welcome to episode number 19 of the Time Traveling Robots in Space podcast for Wednesday, January 25th, 2012. This is the show where we talk about time travel, robots, and space in both science fiction and science fact. From Wausau, Wisconsin, I am the Inter-Dave, also known as Dave Nelson. That's my real name. But you can call me either Dave or the Inter-Dave or whatever. Um, He is Mr. Paul Swickard from Glendale, California. How are you, Paul? I'm doing quite well, Dave. It is a lovely Wednesday this time, a little special time here. And, uh, you know, it's a good day to talk about science fiction and science fact, as you notably pointed. Yeah, we usually record the live stream of the show on Spreecast on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Pacific time, but uh, something came up last night. And then you uh, emailed me back, said, uh, can you give me an hour? So we're, we're starting a day late, not a dollar short, but a day late and an hour late. See that doesn't sound yes. as that doesn't sound as good as a a day late and a dollar short. Yeah, it doesn't exactly jive, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> but you know what? I, I I forgive us. I understand. Well, somebody Hopefully has our viewers. Did somebody has to forgive us. If if not them, <laughs> us. All right for the uh, for the spreecast.com viewers. Thanks for joining us. Um, and if you can. Please uh, sign in to Spreecast using your Twitter or Facebook credentials. It's very easy. Also, during the show, um, if you're signed in, you can chime in on the uh, chat area or submit a comment or question on the lower right-hand side, right underneath the video, and we'll include that in the discussion. So if you're ready, let's do this thing, Paul. Sector 1, time travel. And I forgot to mention that we do break things down into uh, three sections, time travel, robots, and space. Do a couple of stories from each. Then we do our recommendations, and we pose a question at the very end. So, Paul, you've got uh, the first uh, story for the week. I'm going first? Yeah. I, My I, goodness, I don't know what to do myself. I, I switched it around. <laughs> uh, he's playing tricksies on me. So, Sci-Fi Channel, it has ordered the pilot for a show called Rewind. And if you want to think about Rewind, it is the it is and I, the concept is that a military team, a, a bunch of military operatives and a civilian scientist are forced to use I love the I love the phrasing of this forced to use an untested time travel technology in order to prevent a terrorist attack. And it has been compared to kind of like source code just with a team rather than just one individual guy. And yeah, uh, Sci-Fi had ordered two-hour pilot, which is interesting because if the idea is, at least the speculation is that if the show doesn't get picked up, it'll at least be a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, I heard, heard about this, thought it was pretty cool. It is, unfortunately, now I... It discouraged me, so I, I hope things go better, but it's from the screenwriter of Street Fighter, The Legend of Chung Lee. 
I've never heard what of is, no, I've never heard of that movie, so that could be a bad sign. It is a bit worse actually because it is probably notably one of the worst movies ever. Okay, <laughs> At really? least according to many. <laughs> All right. Okay. So So it may be awful, it may be awesome, who's to say? I like the conduct, but yeah, its pedigree is not great at least yet. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, it can't be any worse than those stupid Saturday night movies they show on sci-fi. I certainly hope not. I certainly hope not. However, if it is on par with the Chun-Li film, it it's you're you're in very good company. You know, uh, at least they're trying, you know? That's my attitude. At least they're trying to do some decent hard science fiction with uh, a time travel show. You know? Kudos for them trying. I'm, I'm happy that they're still doing their thing. I'm happy that they're taking risks. And you know what? I, I hope it does well. That's what I hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Well, we will have to see. I agree with you. It, good, kudos for trying. Sci-fi has got some interesting, exciting stuff coming up. We did the Alien Invasion podcast earlier tonight, and we talked about mm-hmm. another show that they're doing, which is this kind of combination of Western slash sci-fi. It's like this, this Western town after the apocalypse, and humans are living alongside aliens. So it seems like they're really trying to branch off a little bit, branch out, and uh, they're, they're just they're not... Ugh. What I'm trying to say is they're not just settling for like reality yeah. shows. They're not. They're not choosing the easy way out. They're. They're. Hey, sci-fi is trying. <laughs> I I agree, and I hope it does well. It is a year out yet, so there's plenty of time for them to make it as perfect as a sci-fi television show can be. That was my next That's question. That was my next question is, <laughs> do, you, do you know a premiere date? So you said a, a year? A year out. They had just ordered it, so they still have to do pre-production and production. Okay. All right. So 84th Annual Academy Awards were announced yesterday and Tuesday, and movies in the sci-fi genre will be re- well represented when the trophies are handed out on February 26th. The time-traveling tra- time traveling Woody Allen film, Midnight in Paris, not many people know that this movie is a time-traveling movie. Sort of. Kind of. In a way, it's a time-traveling movie. At least that's the impression okay. that I get from the stuff that I've read. Because I, I haven't seen the... Have you seen it? Mm-mm. No, I don't know much about it. Okay. All right. I just know that it, it, when the nominations came out, I'm like, oh... That, hey, this movie exists. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot where I, I'm not really aware of some movies until they're nominated for like an Academy Award. It's like, oh, okay. Totally. That'll work. <laughs> also, uh, the robot movie Hugo, both these are up for awards in numerous categories, including Best Picture and Best, Best, Best Director. Uh, Scorsese did um, mm-hmm. Hugo, right? Yep, yep, that's right. And Hugo is... And I... Go ahead. I really wanted to see this movie. I haven't gotten a chance to yet, but I heard it's quite good. It's, it takes place in a train station in Paris in the 1930s, and it involves some kind of robot-like thing. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Yeah. I, 
see that's the thing is that i what you know i've seen all the trailers i still have really not a clue of what the movie's about like i saw an interview with scorsese on i think it was the daily show and i still again had no idea what the movie was actually about mm-hmm. i just know it's like an homage to older filmmaking i know that you're gonna have obviously the robot and the child and the kid is good with making machines and uh, ben kingsley's in it and that's pretty much what i know and i know that it's it's live action it's like it's kind of live action but at the same time there's a lot of animated computer generated fa- uh things in it too so mm. i guess the lesson here is we have to see it to believe it to understand it indeed <laughs> all right yeah. um <laughs> Uh, continuing on with the Academy Award nominations, Time Freak, a movie about a neurotic inventor who creates a time machine and gets lost traveling around yesterday, is up for best short film live action. That sounds funny. He invents a time machine and he gets lost traveling around yesterday. <laughs> I like that it. That is awesome. Yeah. I, I like it. That's very uh, good. Transformers Dark of the Moon was nominated in the sound editing, sound mixing, and visual effects categories. Also in that latter category is Real Steel and Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And again, February 26th, the Academy of Motion Picture Sciences Awards will be handed out somewhere around where you live, in the Los Angeles area. Indeed. Indeed. For the longest time, they had it at the Shrine, and then they moved it to, I believe, the Kodak Theater, or one of those theaters. But yeah, I was fortunate enough to see the red carpet once. And, uh, you know, it was one of those situations where it was fun and I'll, uh, probably won't do it again. But yep. It was fun for one time. Yep. It's one of those um, things that you have to experience, but once is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cause you know, you're in line all night and, you know, just to see, to be on these bleachers for, uh, you know, a couple hours to try and catch people. It's you know what it's fine once, but after that you're kind of done. Uh, at least that was my experience. Have but you, yeah, man, I. What's up? I was gonna say, have you been to the Rose Bowl parade? Because I imagine that being very similar. Uh, I haven't done that yet. I, it's on our bucket list. I know that we're going to do that at some point, but we haven't done it yet. It, let, that's actually really close to where we are. Okay. Because uh, they have that in Pasadena, and we're right next door. So, yeah, that's that's definitely on our radar. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Okay, before we continue, go ahead. The, go ahead. My personal vote for the visual effects, though, just bringing it back, I, I got to go with Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, like, yeah. That just and, – and another quick note, if I may. Andy Serkis needed at least a supporting – nomination for yep. his performance yep and i would feel really bad that he wasn't around in that but mm-hmm. yeah just saying and actually he there that's he, at my pace no no I'll, i was actually going to bring that up and i'm glad that you brought it back around because uh, around again because i kind of forgot to mention andy circus not only did he act in rise of the planet of the apes but he was also in hugo he did some um acting in hugo as well so Definitely, he needs oh, to cool. he needs to be acknowledged in some way because I I saw the behind the scenes I saw the making of the rise of the Planet of the Apes I saw the making mm-hmm. of the um um the, <laughs> drawing the a blank Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings trilogy yes and that looks like 
really hard work, what he does. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Like, I mean, to me, he's almost taking it to another level. Mm-hmm. You know, like he is a- acting as this thing that is totally believable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, kudos to him. Yep. He deserve he deserves it, and I hope it's coming eventually. Uh, you know, like he has another shot at it, the Hobbit. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, they need to come to their senses. They need to realize that that is real acting, and he needs to be, and the people involved. Not just him, but the other people involved need to be acknowledged for their hard work. So definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we continue, you should know that we have multiple ways for you to leave us feedback, either positive or negative, although we do prefer prefer the positive over the negative. But, hey, we'll take both, right? Absolutely. Uh, you Absolutely. Can, you can email. criticism all around. <laughs> you can email galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. Our voicemail number is 805-328-3966, or leave a comment on the actual episode page in the show notes or below the show notes at galacticnetcasts.com. Going back to the whole negative feedback thing, how can we be better? How can we become a better show without your negative feedback? So don't be discouraged. I Send us negative feedback. I'm always told I... I'm always told I have no talent. I'm like, I agree. Thank you. I've been saying that forever. Yes. We will empathize, I promise. Yes. <laughs> so again, uh, galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. The voicemail, 805-328-3966, or leave a comment in the comment section at galacticnetcasts.com. All right, here we go. Robots from Blaster.com, a new short film about a battle bot that suddenly remembers being human has hit YouTube, titled Archetype, mm. Archetype which is a kick-ass name, by the way. Archetype. Mm. Uh, this seven-minute-long movie is directed by Aaron Sims, a man who's had his hand in doing either makeup or conceptual design on movies like Men in Black, War of the Worlds, Constantine, Terminator 3, Clash of the Titans, I Am Legend, and Sucker Punch. So he's got quite the resume on him. The official Mm -hmm. plot synopsis goes like this. RL7 is an eight-foot-tall combat robot that goes on the run after malfunctioning with vivid memories of once being human. As its creators and the military close in, RL7 battles its way to uncovering the shocking truth behind its mysterious visions and past. Okay, now this this description is kind of deceiving because a lot of this did not happen in the short film. Um, and I don't know why they included it. I did see it, yeah. Oh, you watched it? I'm guessing that's what. Yeah, I guess that's what they what they're going for. Maybe yep. like this is what they want it to be. Yep. Yeah, I really hope that they make this or are able to find funding to make this into a full-length feature because it seems like that's what they're doing here. It seems like they're making this as a way to shop this story around to the film studios. It looks really good. Like, I mean, just visually, it looks pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I I dug it. It's kind of like, you're, you're right. I mean, I don't know how you, it kind of reminds me a bit of RoboCop. It does. But this is one that's on another planet, so it's not exactly like RoboCop, because mm-hmm. RoboCop was in Detroit, 
in the not too distant no. future. This one, it seems like it takes place on a distant planet, kind of farther into the future. So, no, not exactly like RoboCop. Sure, and the robot is in fact a robot. Like it wasn't once human. Yep. It is a robot with that person's memories, and apparently is able to make the distinction between itself and the memories it has. Yep. So yeah. And did you watch to the very end because they showed the sketch the sketches um the uh, I don't know what they call mm-hmm. that um the uh, concept art yeah the concept art of how the movie will look so if you stay for the credits you'll see that um in between the credits and the end of the movie so mm-hmm. all right sweet. robots what do you got for us paul Dave, would you be okay let, let me just throw a hypothetical out here. Would you be all right with the idea of a robot taking care of your children? And I mean that literally. Like, making sure that they don't get into trouble, making sure they don't hurt themselves, making sure pretty much that you would do everything, that they would, would stop them from doing that everything that you would want them to stop them from doing. Would you, would you be okay with it? I think... Uh... The present technology, I want to say no at first, but maybe you'll change my mind with this story. So go ahead. I don't think so. Anywho, <laughs> we have <laughs> a South Korean telecom company debuted this little robot. They didn't classify it as a babysitter, really, but as more of a playmate. So the idea is is that this, you know, you'll have this little this uh, little looking robot. It's maybe maybe a foot, two feet tall. And the whole idea is is that it will interact with your children, almost like a mobile kind of gaming station. Like it has this little uh, screen on front of it, and the robot can engage with children having apps on, like the little heads-up display thingy. So you could play a, a game with the robot that you're playing, you know, that you're playing on. So that's the idea: is that you can have access to the Google Marketplace for because it's Android-based. And, you know, it is supposed to entertain your children. So almost like a, a little mobile version of, a, of video games or television or something like that. What I is they're trying to have this as a subscription-based model. And right now they're, say, they're saying that it's going to be something like $30 a month in order to have this thing active. So, yeah, I, I found this whole concept interesting because... You know, at what point are we as a society going to be okay with the idea? How smart do the robots have to get in order for us to be okay with you know leaving our children with robots? Yep. I think this and, will you know, be. I, I tend to. I definitely do agree that uh, it's we're not there yet, but it's coming mm-hmm. relatively soon, I would think. Yep. So I, you know. Uh, for any parents out there, what would you do? At what point are you going to say it's okay? Or are you never going to say it's okay because robots are robots? And who knows, you know, every one, you know, every once out of a million times it goes into random murder sprees and decides to make <laughs> things. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> that happens. It totally happens. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I was going to interject with something. This is like Please. one of the very this is one of many first baby steps in the whole process of robots, the development of robots as they get smarter and smarter and do more things for us. So this is mm-hmm. uh say okay, we're right here. 
all right? And this is like, I want to say, 30 years from now. So it'll be baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. They'll, uh, robots will continue to become more ingrained in our daily lives until, what is this called again, Paul? What is that? I don't know. You have to remind me. Remember that word that we're always, we can never remember? That we, uh, that what, we never remember? No, what, I don't remember the word we can never remember. When technology <laughs> merges with humans, what's that called? Is it a paradox? No. No? That's the time travel thingy. <laughs> Anyways, it's I, back to what I wanted to, the point I wanted to make is, this is one of the very, very first baby steps. Like, this is a baby, baby step. And I see this more as kind of a way for babies and children to develop um, because it's basically a tablet that looks like a robot. It's not really a robot. It moves around. You can make it, you know, do robot-type things. But it's more of a tablet that helps your child learn. That is what they're selling it as, yes. I, I don't make any promises of it actually being able to successfully watch children. It was more of, you know, this is the first step in one of many that I imagine will eventually lead us to something like that. Yep, exactly. Okay. So. Is it singularity? Singularity. Thank you. You know what? I'm going to type this into the doc, like make this permanently, just so I can, we can always remember what the word is, because I don't know what it is about that word. I can never remember it. Singularity. We have the title for our podcast. What? Singularity. Singularity, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Dave, the word is singularity. Remember it. Oh, goodness. All right, let's move on here. Uh, before we do, though, we are going to be talking about space coming up. But first, if you want to know more about this episode and all of the other stuff that we have going on, what's the place to visit, Paul? I believe it is galacticnetcasts.com. You are absolutely correct, sir. And Mm -hmm. some of the things that you can do there are subscribe to this and our other podcasts like the Alien Invasion podcast by clicking on the iTunes logo. Or what's the other thing they can do? You can fill out an email form. Mm -hmm. I don't know who would do that, but you can do it. And we allow you to do it. So, hey, no judgment. (laughs) And uh, And, of course, you know, we also have some lovely lovely social networking apps as well yeah no we've got the contact information uh along mm-hmm. the top bar of the main the main page actually uh, let's see just the main page i don't know anyways galactic netcast doc i'm totally messing this up totally screwing this up um there's a main menu bar on the main page at galacticnetcast.com where you can get a link to our google plus page our Facebook page, and our Twitter account. So follow us on all the social networks so you can keep up with what we have going on here at Galactic Netcasts. All right, space. From Wired.com, following reports that the first ever scripted film to be shot in space was being kept from release by NASA, there's now word that the space agency has relented and that apogee of fear will see the light of day after all. Uh, This is pretty cool. Uh, The eight-minute movie shot by Richard Garriott aboard the International Space Station during his time there as a paid civilian in 2008 
is about three astronauts played by two NASA astronauts and a Russian cosmonaut who discover an alien presence on their space station. Garriott had hoped to package the movie with the documentary he, he made about his experience because he was there making a documentary about going to the International Space Station. But at the same time, he made this, this scripted movie along with the help of the astronauts there. So, But here's why NASA didn't want it to come out, because they said it was outside the scope of Garriott's agreement with them. So it sounds like NASA was being very nitpicky about the whole thing. But turns out, according to a statement by Bob Jacobs, Deputy for Communications at NASA, NASA is working with Richard to facilitate the video's release and that we hope to resolve the remaining issues exponentially. So, good news. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? That is good news. That is good news. It just, you know, given that NASA is kind of, you know, it's not that they're backpedaling. It's good that they're kind of going along with him with this. It just strikes me that they they weren't just fully understanding what it is that he wanted to do, and or maybe he wasn't properly communicating that. But it seems like both parties want to make it work, so that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Mm-hmm. Something else that I heard, yeah. re- something else that I I learned later on after uh, getting the story was, I guess he was up there on the ISS, and during the filming of this movie. He actually was on his mm-hmm. his uh, shortwave radio because he had his own radio up there. Apparently, he was on the radio, okay, um, like transmitting that they were seeing aliens. But that was part of the movie script, and NASA got all freaked out because he was actually broadcasting this, <laughs> and they didn't want they didn't want him to get them in trouble. You know, yeah. you know from people hearing this broadcast from the International Space Station about somebody saying, hey, there's, we're seeing aliens, because people will, will believe that, you know? People, I would. Yeah. I certainly would. Why wouldn't I? Hey, hey astronauts aren't one to... I, I don't know of one who ever once claimed that there were aliens when there weren't. Yeah. Like, they haven't been, you know, just making crap up. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And NASA is a pretty professional operation, so... When you get somebody yelling about aliens, then it makes them less professional. So I'm I'm just glad that they're they're working out all the kinks, and hopefully we'll be able to see this movie soon. What's it called again? It's called mm-hmm. Apogee of Fear. That sounds awesome. And Apogee, of course, is like Apogee is part of the orbit, right? It's it's the top. It's the it's the farthest away that the uh, it's the the Apogee is the farthest part or the the highest part i think so i think i think so it sounds right yeah. i don't i don't recall apogee, apogee. we're just if a couple of dumb had, people if only had like a, a interconnected group of computers that could tell us what exactly words like this mean so we don't have to sound silly on podcasts oh <laughs> are you talking about the internet i uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> it, that's the thing that we're broadcasting on right now. Is it now? Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, according to Google, the point in the orbit of the moon or a satellite at which it is furthest from the Earth. Oh, I'm so smart. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I can't. I can't believe I knew that. I, I'm shocked good. that I knew what that meant. 
So I wasn't going to guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a story that's kind of similar to mine. Both our stories mm-hmm. are things taking place closer to the earth. So what's yours? Indeed. Well, I don't know if you know this. We've talked about it a few times, so I'd hope you know this. Uh, we have solar uh, weather, and this is based on any number of things. But what happened recently was that on Sunday, the sun started to behave strangely, as some would say, and a solar flare erupted. And if you look at the the video embedded in this link, it is it looks creepy because you, you, once you take into account how big the sun is and how big the Earth is, the eruption that they're talking about literally looks like it's the size of the United States. Like, it's massive. Like, there's a giant thing. It looks like lava is spewing out of the sun. And you can see the radiation that comes out of it. So there was a bit of concern because we do, as your previous story said, we do have astronauts in space on the space station right now. And if they were to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, then they could be hit potentially by uh, the essentially the radiation from the solar eruption. Mm-hmm. And that would be not good. They, they didn't specify what exactly would happen to astronauts if, this, if they were to have gotten hit by this thing. But I would imagine that it would be bad for the astronauts. So, yeah, there was a bit of concern saying that, that, that this, this blast would eventually hit them. But, you know, the NASA keeps track of what the sun is doing just mm-hmm. for these kind of circumstances. So they were able to, you know, get to safety in plenty of time and all as well. Paul, Paul, and, Paul, Paul. But, the, they, would, they, would turn yes, it, they would turn into the Fantastic Four. So it's okay. <laughs> I've seen movies about this, Dave. Don't dash my hopes. <laughs> Continue, sir. Oh goodness! Sure, absolutely. So, the as they as the as they put it, it would the the radiation particles are going to kind of glance off of the uh, off of the Earth's atmosphere, and which is a good thing, mm-hmm. which is why we have an atmosphere in the first place. Yep. But it does have some negative. Like most people see this in something like aurora borealis. Like you can actually see the the radiation particles hit the atmosphere and you can see it in certain places in the world. Um, this also can have some negative effects, like it, interfe- it interferes with communication and power grids and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like, you know, satellites. So, yeah, um, if you want to watch it, it is at uh, spaceweather.com. And, yeah, as again, as they put it, it, will del- it delivered a strong glancing blow to Earth's magnetic field, and that was yesterday. And, well, and a little bit of today as well. It's it's interesting because I was kind of following this as it was happening because I I liked uh, space weather on Facebook. So whenever mm. whenever a big flare erupts, they they update you. They they let you know what's going on. And I've never seen so many updates from those guys as it was happening. It was very interesting. Very very interesting. You know what's cool is they said that this is the most activity they've seen uh, from the sun in like maybe five years is what they or six years now. So yeah, it, it's not every it's not all the time that this happens. It's like it's it's relatively rare. So yeah, I would imagine that people were starting to get a little not panicked but definitely active 
End times, Paul. End times. Yeah, I was waiting for that. I was like, oh, this is obviously a prophecy that happens once every five years of the earth ending. <laughs> it's 2012, man. Things are going to happen. I'm wondering about that, man. Like, I, 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 I'm wondering on what scale people are going to freak out. Yeah, no, I, I predict not mass hysteria, but I predict, I predict like um, cults becoming more active this year. I predict um, a lot more, and we've seen this. Uh, me and um, Brad talked about this in the Alien Invasion podcast, where more sightings of UFOs, which there has been. There's been an increase in sightings this year. So I think, oh. I think, I think a lot of it is, is psychological. Um, okay. Probably most of it is psychological, but it's just going to be a very interesting year. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. My personal guess, it's going to be a little bit bigger than Y2K, but not by much. But I would imagine it'll be on that par, on on par with that. I don't think it's going to be like rioting in the streets or something like that. Yeah, no. At least I hope. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Okay, I've heard that the planets will be aligning in 2012. Is that true? Have you heard that? I think they were trying the. I think that was one of the points that the Mayans were trying to make is trying to trying to do the math on when all the planets would be aligned. So that's one of the reasons now why, is, it, why it stops. Is that fact? At least that's what I think. I, I'm I, I don't know. Uh I don't think so. In fact I what I had heard was that they were actually wrong about that. They didn't they they are incorrect in that judgment, but I don't know that for certain. Maybe but, we should yeah, do, I, do there's some so research. Much, you know, it's hard well, see, that's the thing is that I I've tried, and it's really hard, especially in this year, to try to distinguish what is the the truth of things versus like what just people are saying about what's happening in 2012. Mm-hmm. So it's like, sure, you can find one site that has, oh yeah, absolutely, the worlds are going to align, and then that's going to cause this. I mean, one theory is that it's like this alignment is going to so- cause some weird magnetic thing to happen, which is going to cause the sun to erupt and that's how we're all going to die you know it's just one of those things that you have to really at least i find that i've had to be really diligent in what i'm actually accepting (laughs) in terms of this stuff yeah there's so much noise so much garbage on the internet you don't know what to believe so yeah yeah all right uh okay so before we continue here um don't forget you can listen to all of the galactic netcast shows on Stitcher Smart Radio, on almost any device that you could own, be it an iPhone, an Android phone, a BlackBerry phone, or a WebOS device, although there's probably a lot fewer WebOS devices. Although, they are making it open source next year, so who knows, the amount of WebOS devices might increase in the future, so who is to tell? Either way... You can get Stitcher Smart Radio on all those devices and other platforms as well. It is a smart way to listen to your podcasts and your other shows. Just go to stitcher.com slash galacticnetcasts. Enter the promo code galacticnetcasts for a chance to win a $100 cash card. Again, stitcher.com slash galacticnetcasts and the promo code galacticnetcasts. Okay, on for, uh, or on to, God, 
You ever get to the point where you got so much spit in your mouth that you're trying to talk, but you're trying to swallow the spit at the same time? No. Okay. Never. Okay. <laughs> Forget <laughs> I said that. Let's move on. Recommendations. Okay. Recommendation time. Um, I was kind of la- I was kind of lazy this week because my recommendation is actually the movie that we watched for the Sci-Fi Film School podcast last week. So a, a lot of cut, a lot of uh, copying and pasting was involved in, in this. Uh, but I I, I love telling us. I love this movie so much, and you'll be surprised when I say what movie it is. It is Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Have you seen it, Paul? I have. What did you that think? Was a theater one for me. Uh, I think I remember. You know what? I, overall, I thought it was okay. Um, I think it, it it's much be- it works much better as a visual film than it does like just story based. I, I thought the look of it was very cool. Yeah, I like the look of it too, and I really I really liked the the steampunk aspect to it. And actually, that would be more diesel punk than steampunk if you want to nitpick about your about your genre. But um, is that real? Yeah, there's diesel punk. That's not real. There's diesel punk. That's no. that's the stuff. That's the stuff that like takes place in like the 1930s, 1940s, and then like 1950 through the early 1970s is Adam punk. I'm not. I'm not making it up. Are you serious? Do a search on Wikipedia. You'll find it. Gosh, I'm out of the loop on this one. I am sorry. No. So, okay. So diesel punk. Diesel is punk. the word. Yes, look it up. This is great. Another completing from this is great radio. <laughs> All right, diesel punk. I don't believe it. I diesel punk. No, it's not auto completing. It's Google's not auto completing. So there you are. Oh, okay, so that that determines <laughs> wait, whether wait, wait, it's wait, real wait. or not. Okay. Is is Google's not going to auto complete it? So it's if I look under Wikipedia. It's called Cyberpunk Derivatives. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm reading right now. Yeah, folks. yep, yep. That's what it is. And so it's listing retro, this is what they call it, retrofuturistic derivatives, which includes steampunk, Tesla punk, mm-hmm. atom punk, clock punk, and diesel punk. Yep. Wow. Yep. Futuristic derivatives, which is biopunk and nanopunk. Holy crap. I had no <laughs> idea that this existed. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I'm more of and, an I'm more of an Adam Punk guy myself, but that's just me. <laughs> well, Adam Punk being the 1945 to 1965, as I'm reading this right now, uh, including modernism, the Atomic Age, and the Space Age. Yep, I understand. Now, right. another movie, right. another movie that you would fit into the Diesel Punk era would be something like Captain America, the the movie that came out last year. That would definitely be in the that Diesel would- Punk. Because it's something that took place during that time, but there were some futuristic elements to it. You know, there's stuff that probably didn't exist, but they did exist in this movie during this time. You know? Wow. Yeah. This is yeah, folks. If you you should read this. I'm not kidding. Cyberpunk derivatives. Look it up on Wikipedia. Yep. You also have these other proposed derivatives, which include. Mythunk, now punk, and splatter punk. Yeah, that's that's getting that's just getting carried away there. 
if you ask me. I, we got carried away 10 minutes ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, 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 this podcast uh, has gone off the rails just a little bit. Okay. All right, all right. Back all right, to my recommendation. Uh, that's okay. No, that's... no, 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 no. It's okay. Uh, my recommendation, Sky Captain, World of Tomorrow. In 1939, an intrepid reporter in New York City makes a connection between the story she's covering of uh, famous scientists suddenly disappearing around the world and a recent attack on the city by giant robots. Determined to find the solution to these happenings, she seeks the help of her ex-boyfriend and the captain of a mercenary legion of pilots, a.k.a. Sky Captain. Uh, The two are investigating the case... When the robots attack the city again, though, in a stroke of luck, Sky, Ca- Sky Captain's right-hand man is able to locate their source. They then set off on an adventure in search of the evil mastermind behind these schemes who is bent on creating a utopia and destroying the current world. Starring Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law, Giovanni Ravisi, Michael Gambone, Bay Ling, and Sir Lawrence Olivier, along with Angelina Jolie, Here's what I liked about the movie. It's just okay. the look of it, like you said. It, it's very pretty, and they used a lot of computer-generated stuff in this, in this film. Um, and the whole diesel punk aspect to it, where it's, it's, it's something that takes place during a certain time, but there's also futuristic elements, like there's the floating aircraft carriers. Literally, aircraft carriers. These, these, landing, these, these landing strips floating in the air um which i thought was pretty cool um what else the the rocket at the end that is supposed to take the 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 ark as in noah's ark taking all the the animals into space and then then they're going to blow up the world that rocket looked kick-ass i love those retro looking rockets so those are two things i thought was pretty cool about this movie and the story wasn't that bad i mean it was it was a typical like uh, a serial type movie of that kind, not serial like you eat, but a serialized story. Like if this movie would have been more successful, I could have seen them doing uh, sequels. You know, Sky Captain and the blah blah blah, whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It reminded me a lot so, of it reminded me a lot of Indiana Jones in a way, sort of. All right, that's cool. All right, so that's my recommendation. What's yours, Paul? Cool. We should talk about The Hunger Games. I don't know if you know this, but it's a book. And it has a movie. I just recently found this out because, you know, my wife is awesome. But hey, yeah, I uh, checked out this trailer, and you should too. Go to YouTube and search for Hunger Games. And yeah, that I, I'm digging that trailer. I think that's pretty sweet. And... Yeah, I have not read the book yet. I'm thinking about it. And yeah, definitely looking forward to the movie. I believe it comes out in March, I want to say. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah. It's yeah. one of those It's one of those things that I didn't even know existed until like 2 weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now I'm super stoked for it and I'm glad that it's like in March versus like, you know, November. Yep. Um rev- so, uh, can can you run yeah. down the the plot real quick of the story? Sure, it's kind of it's a quasi futuristic setting, and the idea is is that uh, I believe it's all teenagers are put into this school that happens. I believe I, I think it's like once a year or something like that. I forget, 
but the the Hunger Games are all they have a bunch of teenagers competing against each other for in other words they're trying to kill each other in an arena and they're doing it in such a way where people are watching. So it's basically like a gladiator type event in a futuristic setting. And so you have you know you have this girl who is you know, apparently as the older you are the more times you are the probability increases for you actually having to participate. Mm-hmm. And this this uh, sister takes the younger sister's place when her name gets called. That's the basic premise of what's going on. And you have and there's all kinds of um, I don't know what you call it just sort of overlying over, overlaying themes. It it's generally these kids are very poor versus you know just the normal rich people's kids. Mm-hmm. So it's usually only the poor people that are competing for this. And they make it sound like it's this big, honorable type thing. They make it out to be this just amazing event that wow, look at the look at this amazing thing that you get to participate in. And yeah, it's for most people, for the people actually like that have to actually go and do this thing, they are not into it at all. They mm-hmm. think it's atrocious, and none of them want to do it. But they're all forced to do it. Yeah. So yeah, that is that is pretty much. And I think the trailer conveys that pretty well. So, you know, and me really not knowing a whole lot about it, there you go. Well, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, March. It's the first of a series of books, and the mm-hmm. movie is supposed to be, there's supposed to be a number of sequels after it. No matter how well the, this first one does, they, I think they've already got the sequels locked in. Um, it stars Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Hutcherson. I've never heard of that guy. I didn't. I didn't notice any of the actors or actresses, with the exception of um, uh, the Sutherland, uh, Donald Sutherland. Okay. Ooh. But uh, yeah, as far as the kids go, I didn't recognize any of them from many other uh, films. There's some other pretty big name adults in here, like uh, Stanley Tucci's in it. Lenny Kravitz. Oh, is he? I didn't see him in the. Really? Lenny- oh, that's right. I did see Lenny Kravitz. I didn't see Stanley Tucci though. Okay. I didn't notice him in the trailer. Woody Harrelson's in it. Woody uh, Harrelson? <laughs> yeah. Um, Liam, oh, that's awesome. Liam Hemsworth. That must be the other Hemsworth's brother. Hang on one second. Oh, you think? Maybe. Yeah. I suppose that's possible. That name is... The... Maybe not. Yeah. It... I don't know. I don't know, dude. Let's see. Uh, Liam Hemsworth. Who's the other Hemsworth? I'm trying to think of that. Um... Is the they're on IMDb? It's listing him as the youngest of the Hemsworth brothers. Okay, and I feel like there's another Hemsworth that I'm totally blanking on. Chris Hemsworth, I think. Is it Chris? Hemsworth? Yeah, yeah. Chris. And he's he's Thor, isn't he? He's Thor, and he played he played George Kirk on uh, the 2009 Star Trek yeah, movie right. too. So that's right. I remember. All right. Okay. Cool. So there you go. A bunch of good-looking people. So check it out. We'll put we'll put the uh, the link in the show notes at galacticnetcast.com for the trailer for you to check out. Before we ask the question of the week, we'd like to remind you that uh, we now have a way for you to help out our show if you feel like you want to, if you feel that we are justified. You can donate to galacticnetcasts.com. Just go to the website and scattered throughout the site, there's a whole bunch of donate buttons. Just click on it. And give us a dollar or two. We would really appreciate that. All right. So question of the week. 
You ready, Paul? I Hey, let's ask a question. All right. If you had the ability to go back in time and stop any major event from happening without altering the time-space continuum, what would it be? Okay. Okay. You, you can you, answer. You want me to answer this yeah. first? Go ahead and answer first. So there are a few obvious ones. I just kind of wanted to see what would happen if JFK wouldn't have been killed. Mm-hmm. I would have wanted to see what would have happened in that circumstance because people have been postulating about that for a long time. But I really would want to see if he would like, like whether you know he would have actually done the things that his that his successor had done, and that's I would have you know of course I didn't uh, on a moral level I wouldn't want him to die of course, but on the other hand I just want to see if like if he would have if he, if he would have behaved in the way people think he would have or whether he would have surprised everybody that's what I would have wanted to see, but yeah. How about yourself, sir? What what would you stop? Well, before I answer that question, let's talk about your answer okay. a little bit more. Just because that's a fascinating case study because a lot of people believe that like if if JFK was not assassinated, we would have got out of Vietnam mm-hmm. a lot earlier. And then yep. and then you talk about the whole um snowball effect of all the things that happened because of Vietnam. That wouldn't have happened if we would have got out of there a lot sooner. Like um, the economic downturn of the 1970s probably wouldn't have happened or wouldn't have been as bad. Yeah. Yeah, probably true. And if you want to go even further than that, we would have been in a much different position when Russia came into power, like real power. Um, And I would imagine that would have taken things in a completely different direction. I mean, you had to think... Okay, if JFK hadn't been shot, who would have been elected next? Yep, um, that kind of thing. It's always it's fascinating to me to think of to think of how complicated our our destiny, for lack of the, or how complicated our destiny really actually is. Yeah, because you know any little thing can have a, a crazy effect on anything, any number of other things that we just don't see. So, yeah, it's like it's one of those it's one of those situations where you know you you think you get a handle on somebody like i would imagine that you know if we want to take you know current times today i think people have a reasonably good idea of what to expect if if uh, our current president goes for another term i think they know what is going to happen at least relatively mm-hmm. and i'm and i and now that it's gone been so much time since jfk and people have had kind of i want to say idealized him in a very big way what would what does that mean and how does that paint our how does that paint our perception of what would, would really would have happened had he not been killed? Yep. No, his yeah. his yeah. history is a very interesting thing, and it's very much true when it comes to that 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 phrase that saying, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty because the farther away you get from an event, the easier it is to analyze it. Like we could say. Uh, <laughs> You know, we really can't see much of an impact when it comes to talking about Barack Obama being elected for a second term. But like mm-hmm. 10 years from now, I bet you we could sit down and talk about that, just that one thing for 15 minutes, talking about the things that all that came after it and maybe would have been different if he hadn't been elected. And 
I think that's why we can we can talk about this the subject pretty easily and for a fairly long time because it's been so long we've seen we've seen everything that's happened after it you know totally totally yeah and you're right hindsight is 2020 all right so my answer something similar yes please um go. the thing that i would have changed if i can go back in time without altering the time space continuum is the terrorists from taking down the twin towers on september 11th 2001 i think um if I could stop them or that, then a lot, a lot of other bad things never would have happened. Like, for example, um, the Iraq and Afghanistan wars may not have started, which I think, in a way, was partially the cause of our recent economic crisis because they say that a lot of money was spent on these wars that, you know, it's one of the reasons why the country is in so much debt, not just because of all the other stuff, but because of all the money that we spent in these wars. And not to mention mm-hmm. the lives that would have been saved had these, this, that event on September 11th had not happened, because not only the, the loss of lives that day, but all the lives lost since in both those wars, you know? Sure. And our perception internationally, I would imagine, would be greatly affected as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I would, I would think that other countries would have a lot less reason to despise us. Yeah. <laughs> whether or not, whether or not that actually happens, I don't know, or actually will happen, or you know, would have happened. I, I'm not sure, but it, it's yeah. And again, it's an interesting case study of like, okay, what do we really know, and what we really like. How can we really analyze this from from that particular angle? From like, okay, what if you know, nine eleven hadn't happened? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my vote, my personal vote, Bush probably wouldn't have gotten elected again. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, so yeah. But then, who's to say that something worse might not have happened? You know, maybe somebody, maybe maybe the terrorists get stopped on September eleventh, but then they regroup and decide on something bigger, you know? They steal a, a suitcase nuke from the Russians, or the Russians sells them a, a, a suitcase nuke, and they blow up a, a, sure. an entire city. That's even bigger. So who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Well, the family guy had an interesting take on that one, as if Net 11 hadn't happened, Bush wouldn't have gotten elected. He gets, Bush gets pissed, unites the South, and launches the United States into another civil war. <laughs> And we probably wouldn't have um, ever heard the term freedom fries either. So, Or had a clue about who Osama bin Laden was. Yeah, exactly. You know what's funny is, I think, what movie was I, was I watching before September 11th that he was like mentioned briefly? And I remember thinking, that guy, I don't, I don't think I said it exactly this way, but I remember thinking to myself something about, that's a really evil man, and he's going to be involved in something bigger someday, you know. Yeah. And it, and I remember yeah. thinking that after September 11th, going, man, that's weird that I thought that then, you know. <laughs> I think I saw the most connection I had was I saw like a an FBI wanted poster of him once, and I'm like, I and I had no idea who it was. I'm like, why this guy? And yep. yeah, sure enough, yeah. International terrorist. He was public enemy number one. He was top of the list. 
Indeed. All right, so that's pretty much it. Um, we have one more piece of business. We have a review from iTunes, Paul. How awesome is that? Ooh, that's very cool. Who yeah. do we have to thank? All right, um, it's titled Great Show, and it's by Steam Gray on iTunes. And he says, not sure why there aren't any, or not sure why there aren't many reviews on this show because it's great. Do you like time travel, robots, and or space, both sci-fi and sci-fact? Then you'll like this show. Give it a once-over. I think he he actually wrote give a once-over, but I think he was supposed he meant to say give it a once-over. All right. And it says, I, I listen via the iPhone Stitcher app. Great times. Keep up the great work, guys, and thank you very much. Steam Gray for leaving that comment on iTunes, which you can do if you are subscribed. Just go to the uh, website galacticnetcast.com, subscribe, and leave a comment and a five star rating, and we would really appreciate it. Indeed. Thank you, Steam Gray. All right, man. That's going to do it for episode 19 of the Time Traveling Robots in Space. Again, we, we record it live on spreecast.com. Every normally Tuesday at 9 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Pacific time, but this week we're a day late and a dollar short, Paul. A dollar short. <laughs> All right, that's it. We'll talk to you later, Paul. See ya. This has been a presentation of Galactic Netcasts. To subscribe to this and our other podcasts, go to galacticnetcasts.com. <laughs>